we do need to start at the beginning. So technically, we're going. I'm just going to awkwardly clap my hands to start it. Okay. And once the awkwardness has kind of dissipated, then we can start talking. Okay. Okay. Wow. Hi, Logan. How are you? Doing good. Really? Yeah, I'm not lying. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was the first question, so that's good. That's good. Um, well, thank you for coming on to this episode of what am I calling this? I just forgot. Oh, Infinite Stories. That's what we're calling this. I like the name. It's good. Yeah, I workshopped that for a while, and it's very sad that I forgot it right there in the moment of recording this. But you know, that's all right. That's all right. Logan, how long have I known you? Oh, man. At least a year. I'd say probably like a year and a half, roughly. Okay. Yeah. So we've got a little bit of history, not too much, but... Yeah, still uh, getting enough time more. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, anytime that I know you're going to be at a location, I get a little bit more excited than not, so... Well, that's good. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Okay. Well, uh, to start this off... We are going to pick apart your story and look for the redemption that God weaves in all of it. And it honestly is there already. That's the beauty of it. Now we're just going to kind of lay it all out. And once we saw the, see all the pieces, then we could be like, oh, well, this is what God was doing here. This is what he was doing here. Because uh, he is a God of consistency. Even if everybody's lives all have different stories completely they do have similarities and that is intentional on God's part that I've noticed anyway. Um, but to start, let's go from the beginning. Where does your story start? And we're talking like just my whole life in general, a whole life. We're picking everything apart as much as possible, as much as you're comfortable with. Uh, so I grew up in a military family, not actively serving, but they, my parents did serve. And I think they definitely carried a lot of that mentality that they gained from the military into raising uh, myself and my siblings. And speaking of, I have an older sister and two older brothers. Okay. And that's kind of been like my tight family. Um, so you're the youngest. I'm the youngest, yeah. And my two oldest, were they were not a part of our lives right away. But anyways, so I was born in Texas and we lived there for two years. And then we moved to Sioux Falls, lived there for... Oh man, I think it was like five to six years. And then after that, we moved to Kansas, where is where I would say the memories really started kicking in. Like the friendships came in and uh uh we lived there for six years. And um then after that we moved here, my pleasant. We've been here, I think I'm pushing like eight or nine years now. Nine oh, years. okay. Yeah, yeah, we're right at nine years. Um but yeah, like my family in general was a pretty we're, and we still are like a really close, tight knit family. And, um, I would say like talking about like on the topic of God and everything, I would say my dad believed in God, but not, not like in a sense where he lived it, relied on God, um, was obedient or anything like that. My mom, I feel pretty firmly believed in God and, you know, like, if I would swear or say God's name in vain growing up or something, she would always kind of re revert it back to the Bible. Like, don't say God's name in vain. Like, those things bothered her. So, you, um, I would say there was a little bit of relationship that she had with Christ growing up. And uh, she continued that throughout growing up. But 
I would say when God really started moving in my family is when we moved here in Mount Pleasant. We started going to fellowship. Um, when the first like OG Eric was the pastor out there, I do not remember his last name. But fellowship. Uh, which church is that? Fellowship. Oh wait, oh Wellspring. Wellspring. We went to okay. Wellspring. Uh, the original Eric. There was an Eric that came after. He was like an interim pastor or something. But uh, so we started listening to him. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say it was a pastor himself that kind of started um, working on us, but like really the community, we started getting involved in a lot of like youth groups, Wednesday night Bible studies, my parents started getting involved in stuff. And I would say around that time is when I could really see Christ moving in, in our life, in our family. Mm. Um, but for me in particular, I wanted nothing to do with church at that time. I did not want to go to church. Um, there's actually a moment where, so my brother and I, Dalton, he's the, my brother just above, like we're really close. Um, so my second oldest brother. Every Wednesday night, we would say we we're going to church, but we we're actually skipping the Bible study. Um, <laughs> and back then, obviously, it was like, oh man, like I, I couldn't stand going to church. Uh, but uh, something I'll probably touch on a little later is it's kind of cool looking back at that though, because that's when I first met Nate Winger. It's when I first really got to know York, uh, which are still friends to this day. And that's when I really got to know Jane Davis, which we're still friends to this day. And I'd say those are the three uh, in the, the reads, Abby Reed know them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they all went to that Bible study. And so like just going from the past right now, as I'm talking about it, jumping in now, it's pretty crazy. Just looking back at that. Um, but I would say, God definitely brought those people into my life, but I still wanted nothing to do with it. Uh, do you know why? I just, it never, now that I actually know, have come to know Christ and like look at myself then, I honestly can't necessarily say I know why it was like that. I just know the desire for God was non-existent hmm. at that time. And, and just like, I remember sitting down, opening the Bible in my room, I'm like, all right, I'm going to start reading. And it was Genesis. I read like one chapter. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do something different. And that was the first time and only time I opened my Bible in my entire life to actually read it. Mm. And I was probably, I would say I was either eighth grade or freshman when I did that. And instantly just went, continued to live life doing completely different things. And um, until, you know, later on in my story, but... Mm-hmm. We're not there yet. No, we're not. Uh, <laughs> a lot happens. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, that was kind of my family. That's kind of like a gist of my family. It just real tight. Moved around a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, real big into like sports. Um, very competitive family. Uh, with each other or towards other people? I would say with ourselves more so and kind of with each other, but also there's definitely some grace there. I know some people are like really competitive that don't have very much grace for each other. It's just pretty hardcore. We're not quite that bad, but, uh, Mm. but yeah, I'd say that's a good, good example of my family. I mean, the shirt I'm wearing right now is a, yeah, I know it's a shirt. Like it's, that's awesome. (laughs) So they, yeah, family means a lot. Uh, especially since I moved around, never like held the friends and stuff. And I would say that's part of my personality too. I'm like really bad at keeping friends and reaching out stuff, but my family and I have always been there. Um, yeah, that's a very, very small, broad in a way, 
It's the start. Yeah, it's the start of my story. Okay, well, let's get to the next part, the conflict. So when did you start... Well, I'll make sure I say this carefully. When did you start acknowledging sin for the first time? Like, do you remember any memories that were just like, I know this was wrong, I still did it, I knew this was wrong, and I didn't want to do it? Well, what comes to your mind when I think, when I talk about that? Um, I'd say, like, the very first moment in my life where I was, like, felt the weight of my sin, mm. I guess you could say, or, like, started realizing that I'm sinning against God, not, necess not necessarily, like, oh, I'm disobeying my parents, but I'm disobeying God, was uh, my last relationship. Um, I'd been with my ex for, like, three and a half years, uh, and we started dating in junior year. Um, lived in fornication, uh, and at that time, like I seeked it, I enjoyed it, mm -hmm. um, like I thrilled for it, like it was something I looked forward to, um, and never felt guilty about it. Mm -hmm. And so then we had, you know, dated through sen uh, our senior year, graduated, moved in with each other pretty much right after graduation, lived with each other for about a year, and we were coming up on I think living together for. Almost, yeah, right out of year was actually 364 days. It was like the 362nd day of living together. I just woke up, looked at her, and felt guilty just even sleeping in the same bed with her. And I'd say that that feeling was already kind of building. And I think part of where it was stemming from was, like, I knew we shouldn't have even been in a relationship together. Uh, we had very different beliefs. Uh, I still believed in God, but I didn't take him seriously. Mm. Um, and so I believed in what the Bible said and what my mom told me. The Bible said, uh, about, you know, particular things like fornication and like who my partner should be and mm -hmm. world beliefs and everything like that, uh, according to what the word says. And so anyways, that was all kind of building up to that morning when I like looked over and I was like, Ooh, like I should not be even laying with her. I started feeling, feeling guilty having, just even thoughts of sexual thoughts of her because it, she's not my wife. Like she is someone I'm dating and I knew that was wrong, but didn't understand the weight of it. So yeah, I would say just, man, it's almost been like two years ago. So about two years ago is when I first had the moment of what I'm doing is carrying some weight to it. Not only like, am I disobeying my parents? I'm like disobeying God directly. And that was, that was the first time. So what happened after that? What, what shifted? What changed? So she wasn't much of a believer, but like right after I woke up feeling guilty, I automatically just started sharing like what I believed in according to what my mom raised me on. Like I had still gone to church. So, you know, I still remembered some things that mm -hmm. were shared to me and, um, and you know, I'd read verses or had verses read to me. And so I started remembering all that stuff and I knew what the Bible said about fornication. So I started sharing that with her. And so I think a part of me still wanted the relationship to work out because, you know, I'm like, oh, I could only be with one person physically. And so I was like doing everything I could to get it to work out, even though I know that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> I was still kind of like hoping that it would. Um, and so I was trying to get her to start reading with me. I was trying to get, I was like trying to get her to pray with me uh, or at least let me pray for her or have her pray for me. Um, 
And she, t- I remember her saying like, that's just uncomfortable. It makes her uncomfortable to have someone pray for her or to pray together. She just don't understand why. Mm. And, uh, so that's not a good sign. Um, red flag. Yeah. And, uh, I started trying to send her Bible verses and just started sending her videos of like, um, pastors talking about the Bible. And so that was kind of my attempt in the relationship, um, to try and get God focused and stuff. And then I was like, we got to like set a goal to not, you know, have sex or something to like stay out of fornication. And I remember her not being on board at all and quickly started seeing a new side of her where it was, I remember being in a relationship with her and thinking that I was more focused on fornication. Whereas when I went to set that boundary, I realized how much she was focused on it. Mm. And then it started to make me realize that she wasn't fully with me. Mm. For me, it was more so for that too. Yeah. And, and then for me in particular, I just started really diving into the word for the first time in my life. Like, Mm. yeah. So that's when I was like, man, God's calling me to something else, like out of this relationship for one Mm. and for two get like get on your knees and uh start reading get right <laughs> yeah and um so yeah that's that's kind of what happened after after that and that was like the very next day that was all like black and white different like a 48 hour thing wow I, obviously like oh it's not like the fornication stopped in instantly yeah. or the lust stopped instantly um i wish it did um I'd say the mindset was definitely a huge change, but the actions and the struggle was definitely still very real. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but the mindset was just like a complete flip that day. It was really weird. And then it continued to have its work after that. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So in that season of life, did you have anybody, uh, I know you talked about your mom a little bit uh, in that way, but was there anybody who kind of came alongside you uh, that you you respected they were a bit wiser than you and just like hey i love you do you see what you're doing wrong and are you okay if i help you in this uh walk past it or leave behind any mentors or teachers coaches so with my family in this moment of my life um this girl i was with uh I was choosing her over my family at this point, mm. which for how close my family is, I created some drama. And so the people I would normally run to, I was running away from and all this. And I was very isolated and alone during this, pretty much never hung out with my family, which maybe is a red flag saying, hey, maybe she's not the one. But anyways, <laughs> I don't know, crazy idea. Uh, you might be right. <laughs> but no, I'd say I definitely worked in my heart a different way. So I reached out to Sam Anderson. He was the very first person I reached out to about stuff. And, oh, I actually kind of forgot about that. I forget about it sometimes. We started a online Bible study while he was, I want to say he was living in Maine or something. Mm-hmm. He, he moved with family. And while he was gone, uh, I reached out to him. I'm like, do you know any men's Bible studies in Mount Pleasant? Because I knew he was more like integrated in the church than I was at that time. Mm-hmm. And Wellspring too? Uh, not Wellspring. I don't, I honestly have no clue what church he even went to. Like to this day, I honestly don't even know what church he went to. If I'm being honest, Sam, this is for you. If you're listening, where do you go to church? It was First Baptist because he referenced me. He's like, Do you know Steve English? I'm like, Yeah, I know Steve. Yeah. He's like, You need to check Steve out. I'm like, Okay. And so we were kind of having our little Bible study every week and we're kind of helping each other in that way. Mm. Um, 
And then if we didn't have it, we were giving each other phone calls. Uh, that didn't last super long. I would say it lasted like maybe a week or, I mean, a month or two consistently. Mm-hmm. And then it just, and then it dropped off since then. Um, but so no, so I looked up Steve, I looked up First Baptist and it was just, it was kind of a funny night. Cause I remember looking at the front of the church on their picture. I'm like, oh, I know exactly where that's at. And so, uh, there's surprisingly way more churches in town that look similar to it. So when I thought I knew where it was, um, I started driving all over town that Wednesday night to go to that Bible study after work. And I went to two or three churches that were incorrect. And I remember finding myself in a spot where like, yeah, this is my sign. Don't go to church. Like I'm not going tonight. And then on my way back home, since I lived in those four pucks on Iowa Avenue, I passed it on the way back. I'm like, you're kidding me. It's literally on the exact same road I live on. Okay. <laughs> and so I backed into someone's driveway and as I was driving by, I could see everyone inside. And, uh, at this time in my life, I was socially like uncomfortable. I, I'm not, I was not good at talking to people or walking into situations mm. that'd be uncomfortable. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I'm not walking in there. They're already started. And right when I walk in, they're going to turn my head. And it was just like sitting in the parking lot for probably what felt like 10 minutes was probably like two minutes. Um, just battling with the idea of going in and I just said, screw it, went in and Steve, give me a wave like he knew me forever and it was my first time truly meeting him hmm. i sat down uh listened to the service and steve came up and talked to me and every single person in that entire church introduced themselves to me that night and so i had a wednesday night bible study yeah yeah and so then that was kind of like that my first night there i went home I remember reading uh watching a, a sermon and then going to bed the next week was Thanksgiving week. I had no clue that you gave thanks. And so I went that night and I was sitting down and Steve's like, do you want to give thanks for anything? And out of nowhere, I just felt myself standing up and I'm like, oh, sit down. <laughs> what am I doing? What I sat right back down. It was like a jolt to like stand up. And I'm like, whoa. And I sat back down and then it just in my heart, I was like, just go up there. And then everyone else kept going. Cause every time I went to get up, someone else got up. I'm like, oh, no, I can't go up there. So I'm faced with this same social anxiety again. Um, but then everyone gets done. I'm like, oh, just go up there. And I went up there, started talking and shut down. I could barely get a single word out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. And I just basically said, I'm thankful for Steve and what he said last week. And I'm thankful that God brought me here, like all that type of stuff. Barely said anything. Was like borderline crying how uncomfortable I was mm-hmm. and sat down and and then everyone came up to me again, started talking to me and then pointed me in the direction of a Bible study that they have. And so that's where I met all my mentors. So at the time I would say Brian Stott, mm, uh, yeah. Steve English, Jack Swarm, uh, Zach Graben mm-hmm. and Graben, Gray Barn, yeah. Gray Barn, whatever. I mess his last name up all the time. Zach. <laughs> so, uh, all those guys I started <laughs> talking to and I want to say there's another guy named Doug. I can't remember his last name, but he oh, was yeah. right by Brian. Yep. Uh, Phillips. Phillips. Yeah. So all those guys were there. That's also where I met your brother for the first time. Um, Which one? Not Zeke. Why am I blanking? Why am I blanking? I'm going to be a little cruel and I'm not going to help you. Oh, no. <laughs> Why? Help me out, please. Starts with an S and the Sam. Oh, yeah. Gosh. <laughs> okay. Sam. Sam is where I met Sam the first time. And that's right. Because I always got him and Anderson. And I'd always confuse Kayla. But, anyways, so that's right. Sister's name Kayla, too. So. Yeah. So I met him for the first time there and joined the group chat and everything. So those guys became my mentors. 
every time I had a prayer request, I sent it to the group chat. Mm. Um, I was going to that fairly regularly. Um, speaking of that, that's also where I got to know Parnell a little more. I knew Parnell beforehand. Davis? That's where yeah. I got to know him some more. Um, he was at that Bible study? He was at the breakfast, one of them. Yeah. And so I sat like down. Yeah. Yep. And so I sat down and talked with him quite a bit there. There's a bunch of other new faces there that I did not mm. get to like formally meet. Um, those are the main guys. And so there's a lot. There's, there's a small army. Yeah. And in that, I rekindled with, uh, like, got to know York more than I did in high school. So mm. I got to know York again. Started reaching out to Jane Davis again during that time. And uh, basically, just everyone I knew believed in God, like, or at least had a hinch, hunch, believed in God. That's really shot too. And then also, shortly around that time is when the Bible study ended up going to your house through Jack. So then that's when I met all you guys. So, yeah. Very, very blessed with how large of a mentoring system just, like, popped into my life. I've never seen it like it. Within a week or two. Oh, yeah. Just, like, came into my life. And started uh, talking to my parents. And, like, during this time, too, weird as it is, like, my parents started growing massively in Christ at this time, too. And... They were on fire for God at this time. So I, you know, started socializing with my family a lot more and just, yeah, arms wide open mm-hmm. to say the less, uh, the least can't speak. Um, <laughs> but there's just an overwhelming amount of people mm-hmm. that just like came into my life at that time. Think that was intentional? Uh, I think it was needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely. And I would say it's probably intentional. Absolutely. Um, but I, to this day, sometimes wonder what would be different if I didn't go into the church mm. and what would be different if like, I didn't reach out to the people as much as I did mm. or even ask Sam the question in the first place, because I remember debating and asking him that. And then when I finally got to the point of going to the church, I debated even walking in it. Mm-hmm. And so God definitely placed, put the doors in my life and I'm glad I think he, in my opinion, he shoved me through them. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, it takes that sometimes. I don't know if you've ever seen those videos of like how stupid sheep are, but I, I've seen a video of a shepherd pulling a sheep out of a hole and it like runs and jumps away. And then you see him just run and jump right back into the same hole that he was just out. And I just think to myself, wow. Now I know like, what a stupid idiot. (laughs) And then I was like, oh wait, no, that's me. I did that today. <laughs> and it's just, it's the most loving reality that God can put right in your face. And he's like, I call you sheep for a reason. Because we're dumb. We are so dumb. <laughs> Absolutely. Everybody's like, oh no, humans are the most intellectual people. Have you looked at the human race some days, most days, any day today? I just, yeah, I completely, I, I disagree with smart people when they say that we are as awesome as we are because we are not we're not we have our moments horrible yeah we're all because of god not because of us yeah (laughs) but i mean that kind of brings us right into the next part do you recall having a moment with god where he taught you what salvation looks like probably supernaturally i'm be honest like that's something that i really really struggled to wrap my head around Mm -hmm. and i would say um just recently, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to explain the sequence of my life on this. Okay. 
I really struggled to believe I deserve salvation and that you know. like, yeah. And I, I, I know I don't. And so then the next question is then why, like, why am I saved? And then with that, why is, okay, what is my purpose now? And, and, you know, how do I play into God's like creation and his story and his church and his body, all that type of stuff. Mm. And so I really struggled with salvation in the first place and understanding what it even meant in the first and like in general and then um how it looked in my life and i would say recently like when i went to the police academy um was when uh stewart kind of helped me fully understand salvation in general mm. um but yeah i struggled with the works part of it just thinking Oh man, I gotta like clean myself first, and then mm. and then I'll be saved, uh, and and all that type of stuff. When I can't clean myself, I'm just gonna be wiping a dirty rag with a dirty rag. Yep. So make it even worse. Yeah. Uh. So I'm sorry. Ask the question again, and I should be able to answer it. That's <laughs> totally fine. Do you want me to reword it a little bit? Uh, just just word it the way you were. So, can you recall a moment in the story of your life where God? showed you very clearly this is what the gospel is and you need it okay um i would say i don't have a definitive moment i would say it's honestly a process and sometimes it happens more than just like it happens every other day or week or something like it could just be a moment where it's like yeah that's that's why jesus died for me you know i still need the gospel <laughs> uh so no, not like one definitive moment. It's like, oh, the light bulb turned on. And it's more just like, um, you know, I could, I could sin one day or I spent an entire day trying to do something myself and realized, you know, like I get reminded of the gospel. I get reminded of Christ, like what he did for us. Mm. Uh, and then the biggest thing for me, and I struggle with this on a regular basis, and this is kind of that thing that comes up pretty frequently is I, I, I put the weight on my shoulders a lot. And instead of put it on Christ's shoulders a lot. Uh, and so like when I fall short of sin, I'm like so hyper-focused on like conquering sin that I forget. It's like I almost forget who Jesus is sometimes because it's like mm. I'm so focused on trying to conquer it myself when Jesus already conquered it. And and uh, um, I'm, and I'm probably answering this pretty bad, but there's no grading system here. I would, I was, I wouldn't be on here either. <laughs> I would literally just say for me, it's when I sin, I realize like, this is how, like, I need, I need Christ. Mm. Um, and then when I fall short, I'm like very thankful that Christ did what he did because like, if he didn't, I've, I'd have no hope. So, um, yeah. Sweet. That's awesome. That's kind of a hard question to answer. I was like, you know. I mean, it's supposed to be. It's it's like if if someone was to ask me that question, I would say that's a good question. Yeah, and then I would go on a very long tangent, kind of like what you uh, were talking about of just like the process of it all. Like, did I have an aha moment? Uh, sure, I was a really horrible kid at age nine, and I prayed the sinner's prayer so my brother would pray it with me, and so he would be saved because I was more worried about him than I was myself, <laughs> and it didn't work. Yeah. For both of us. And so, like, in that, was there a moment? Yes, for sure. But no. Did I change in that moment? Was the Holy Spirit uh, gradually refining me in that time? 
I don't know. I would say most likely not, but possibly, I, I don't know. That's that's kind of the, the beauty of like looking back in your story to see those moments where it's like, I know God was working here. I can clearly see him working here. And like, that was kind of like my next question is like, after those moments with your ex-girlfriend, right? Reaching out to the church, reaching out to your mentors, reaching out to all these different people. Where did you see God pushing you like obviously like he wanted your heart he wanted you but what led that what 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 kind of transpired story-wise to be like so you were in a bad spot and now you're not but what happened in between you know what i mean yeah i guess i that probably would have been a better answer to the last question too um it could have been a better question better answer to the last question (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you're right you're right (laughs) yeah uh, I would say like good way of putting it is for those three and a half years, I was like trying to do specific things for specific outcomes. So like for that relationship in general, kind of like I said earlier, like I knew something wasn't going to happen, but I was still trying to get it to happen with her. And, uh, I think at the end of that whole relationship, I just kind of looked back at my life and by the grace of God was able to kind of see where he wasn't, where I didn't have him, like where I wasn't pursuing him or I, I wouldn't necessarily say where he wasn't like, I I know he was there, but like where I wasn't like making him my priority in, um, and just how much of it freaking mess that made my life, uh, for three and a half years, completely lost touch with who I am what I believe in during that time. Uh, so where I felt God pushing me and I still kind of have this come up every once in a while is I was super isolated and hanging around and surrounding myself with people that had completely different world beliefs than me, like on a political level, spiritual level, which obviously, you know, spiritual drives are political, like all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I just felt God pushing me like, you know, get back in touch with your family. And, oh, that's another big thing too is, there's a lot of stuff I did not share with my family and a lot of beefs I had with my family to the point where I almost left this town, which I never would have considered ever doing it. Uh, and so I just felt God pushing me with like, go get back on level ground with your family. So there was some big uncomfortable arguments I had with my family. So that was one of the first things I actually did was I felt him pushing me in that, that way to go get on level ground with them and kind of get our relationship back to where it was. And then when he was pushing me towards like the church or something, I'd say the biggest thing is just like, I just remember like sitting there and feeling completely out of control on everything. And that's when I realized like my need for Christ was so big. It wasn't even funny. Um, like I knew I needed Christ. And I remember that's like one of the only thing I could pray is like, just like, I need you. Like I, I want to know you. I, I need you. Cause I can't do any of this. Like, and, um, so I would say that was kind of my moment where I was like, I need Christ and I don't know how to like have a relationship with him. So mm-hmm. I need to surround myself with people that do have a relationship with him. And I just kind of remember that being that little step at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I just felt him pushing me towards him, but that involved pushing me towards his church, pushing me towards the body of Christ, pushing me towards uh, just good 
good things instead of mm. worldly things. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Um, right now, where you're at in your story, uh, technically, story-wise, uh, you talked about uh, uh, everything up to the point of when you met us uh, in the, the Christian frat house. What? <laughs> the Christian frat house, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what you called it, but that's what I call it. Either that or the big house. And I've heard people call it Alpha Omega and uh, lots of other different things. So, I mean, um, what what has happened between then when we met you and now where you are today? So kind of when I left there uh, is when I met Kayla who, mm-hmm. for the podcast. Now my wife. Uh, uh but I'll say, like, when we met, the fornication was still a struggle, and I was really struggling with alcohol at that time, um, which was severely impacting my relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, again, at that time, I'm still, I still look back at it, and I'm like, God was still working on me even during that time because he, he, he was still in, very much in my life and in my heart and on my mind. Mm. even while I was struggling with all that stuff. Uh, and so after we moved out and went to my parents and then now to this apartment, like during that time, Kayla and I, she, I could tell from the start that she believed in God and uh, believed in the God of the Bible, the God of this world. Like not just, the one. oh, I believe in God. And, you know, uh, like I could tell right away. And so we made it a really big part of our conversation in our life and during that process we both realized like the alcohol needs to stop um and so it did and now it's probably like once or twice a month at this point and there was a time where it just was like once every two to three months and Mm -hmm. so yeah definitely took that out of our lives um and so so yeah Basically, once we left, it was Kayla and I's relationship. That was a really big focus on my life. Mm-hmm. And during that time, I would say she grew a lot closer to Christ and I her growing closer to Christ again. Or mm-hmm. I would say just getting a lot of that bad crap out of my life. And God was definitely working that out. And Kayla and I worked really good as a team, I'd say, in in, in kind of doing that. Um, so, yeah, we got married really fast. We had a eight-day, we were dated for a month, had an eight-day engagement, got married, uh, eloped. And pretty much moved into this place right after we eloped. And uh, it felt really cool because, like, my parents could see it happening. And they were totally on board. Her dad was not. Don't blame him. But he also, I would, I kind of understand his view is very fast. That is not a normal thing. So I understand it. Um, Yeah. I've never met anybody else who's done what you've done. Yeah. And. It was just cool because God definitely worked in my heart. It was like, I remember after that relationship and during that time I was in the house, I was struggling with lust and stuff and, you know, pursuing girls for the wrong things. And thankfully God kept me away from doing that. Um, but it was still kind of like in my heart a little bit, like thinking about it. But I knew deep down I wanted to do it right. Um, obviously, Kayla and I didn't do it completely right. You know, I messed up in some areas for sure. Um, but I'd say during that time, God definitely worked it in my heart too. Um, like make a decision like you're not going to play the house game for a while for three and a half years again like you're going to make a decision and you help me make a good one 
Um, uh, but yeah, so, um, just going into Kayla and I's marriage, uh, there was a lot of struggles. We helped each other work past our older relationships. We both recently got out of one. So we found we had a lot of bad habits from that. Um, we've come a long way since then. Um, I struggled with the anger quite a bit as being in a relationship mm -hmm. and say like, I've calmed down a lot. Like she's helped me do that. Guys, like God has definitely used her to work on me and me to work on her. Uh, she had a lot of anxiety and stuff like that. I was able to help her with that. And it is so much better. Um, yeah, I'm trying to figure out the key points to touch on. There's, I feel like there's been so much that has happened since I left the house. There's, there's sure. a lot of change. Um, I'd say that big, for the sake of the podcast, you could mention that you actually lived with us for a while too, because you didn't technically say that. Well, I did. I did. How long did I live with you guys? I want to say it was like six months. Yeah, I didn't really tell. I knew as soon as you got out of that relationship, you met us. And then you moved in pretty much the next week is what I felt like. Yeah. Yeah. It did. Yeah. I want, yeah. I, for some reason, I thought it was around seven or eight because I want to say I was already working my job at the lumberyard for a month. Mm -hmm. Only like a month. Yeah. You were new there. Yeah. And I was there for nine months oh. at the lumberyard. So I want to say, so. Man, those months must have flown yeah, I want to say I was there at least six months, but yeah. I don't remember if I worked at a lumber yard here. Because mm -hmm. if I lived in this apartment working there or at my parents working there, that would make sense. But I did switch the loan on again and was there for, oh, I was like, no clue, I didn't pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> just until work. Yeah, just until I got to this this current position. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that time flew by. But so yeah, after living with you guys for a while, all that happened with Kayla and I. Um, and you met her while you lived with us. Yeah. Has to. Yep. yep. And, uh, moved pretty fast from there. And, uh, for the job stuff, you know, it was another big struggle of mine. Like mm -hmm. I felt like God was pulling me to something bigger than what I was doing. Uh, okay. like I, like I just felt convinced, like God gave me a capable body and a capable mind to serve people and do it selflessly like what job lines up with that in my whole entire life i always want to be a cop so i just felt driven to that and uh yeah just got done going to the academy which was a struggle for kayla and i for sure but uh it was definitely a positive impact on us uh, i met some really good people there um had a bible study there met some uh, at least one brother in christ i don't know if the other ones are but authentic. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I'm not good at summarizing. <laughs> That's and there's no grading system. That is You're the good. gist. That is the gist of it. So, nice. yeah. Married life and new job. Married life, new job. And that's kind of the day-to-day -day right now anyway. That's pretty much what felt like is just the day-to-day. -day. Mm -hmm. so. so, as you kind of like take a step back looking at everything we just discussed uh your in your story where do you see the redemption where do you see the crap that you were in that you were a part of that you joined in with where do you see god clear as day showing you the opposite of that and inviting you into a life that is different how can you see that well i definitely would say um the biggest, the biggest one. I say there's almost like two, but okay. like the main redemption 
is uh is definitely at the end of my last relationship because like you had all my childhood stuff where I had a mom that talked about Christ um parents that kind of went off and on to church and all that type of stuff so like a little bit of that foundation was there with God um just leading up to that relationship where in that relationship I got pulled so far away from all that mm. where like at the end of it I wanted to get back to like my family and God and everything or at least what I knew of God at that time um and he definitely had a bigger plan and idea than what I thought mm. uh and so I would say it was just definitely that day I woke up is the thing my mind always runs to when someone asks me like when did God really come into your life it is mm. that morning every single day um is definitely where he just changed my mind and helped me see where I needed to go what I needed to do uh who he is like what his word is who his word is and uh that's definitely my biggest I'd say is my redemption story where because if I did not listen I honestly don't even want to know what my life would look like right now it's terrifying to think about it yeah so forever thankful that what I thought was going to be a horrible breakup turned into the best damn life. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Yeah. If you could capture your whole story up until this point with kind of like a, a, a movie title, what would you call the story of your life so far? Dude, that's a really hard question. Um... Man, that's a hard question. I have no clue, honestly. That's a good title right there. I have no clue. That is a good title. <laughs> there are so many questions still to be answered on a yeah. lot of stuff. And uh, I know it's not a grading system of the podcast, but I'm also not very good at all remembering all the details and just like summing some stuff up. So yeah, that was a hard, that was a hard one. But I would say I have no clue is a good one because I really don't. And every time I think I do, uh, I find myself in a spot where I need God to help me have a clue. <laughs> so I have no clue. So yeah, that's a good one. Very nice. Very nice. Well, technically that's all the questions that I have. Um, is there anything else that you feel the Holy Spirit wanting you to say uh, on behalf of your story, on behalf of God and redemption? Yeah, I would say, uh, I would say it's like the biggest thing I've taken away from my relationship with Christ so far, which has been far from consistent. When I say consistent, like, um, reading, reading has been the, is my biggest struggle. But the biggest thing I've taken away is that I'm not in control. And that's another thing about my family is we have a very, like, we got to put ourselves in a position where we're in control. And so the, and that's in almost everything, driving, just everything. We just feel like we have to be in control. Uh, and the biggest thing I've taken away is that I'm, I'm not in, con in control to a degree. Like there are, we definitely have free will. We can definitely make choices and stuff. But just the powers of this world are so strong when we stand in the wrong spot. Like when we are not with Christ, they are so strong. And so 
I've quickly learned that if I rely on myself to try and control things, I fail every single time. And the times that I think I relied on myself or it was my strength, like God gave me that. And so the biggest thing I've learned is that, yeah, I'm just not in control. And also how important it is to be in the word because that is your armor. And it's, it's like, if you don't read you, it's impossible to fight spiritual warfare, not reading. Um, so just the importance of spending time with God in his word and in prayer and in just like continual prayer throughout everything in your day. Mm. Um, it's just crazy how important that is. And I would say the way I've learned that is just the times I haven't. They're very dark parts of my life. Uh, not as dark as they used to be before Christ, but mm. they're dark. Like he's given me the knowledge of how just lost we can get when we're not focused on him. And I'm thankful that I was able to be in those positions of being lost because I would not know that I needed to be found if I didn't know I was lost. That's redemption. So, yep. um, you need to know how far you were before he can bring you to where he wants you. Yeah. So it's been super cool, but my favorite part of learning everything is just getting a talk to people about it mm -hmm. um and so i'd say the most joy i've had as a christian so far is marrying kayla because i've been able to learn things on my side and just seeing people struggle with those specific things and being able to like guide them to scripture and just see that redemption in their life and just their heart change is like the best thing ever just like seeing people grow and come to Christ is freaking awesome. Yeah. I just wish I was able to see it in myself a little more because it's so hard to like to see what God does in your own life. But when you look at other people's life, it's just like it just stands out. Mm -hmm. So that's super enjoyable. That's why sharing our stories like this is so important too. Cause like even the things that you've said to me, I'm sure you haven't really thought about a lot of these things any time recently at all. I have so not. When you share it with other people, you get to uh recollect it and you get to kind of meditate on that because i'm sure after i'm gone and i leave you today you're probably going to be like wow god you really did all that and like i'm still here even though i had no idea what i was doing you knew what you were doing the entire time and that's why uh sharing these stories are so important and encouraging other people to share their stories as well because if we're not willing to share our stories and we're not willing to share what god has done the crap that we have walked through we're kind of stealing some of the best writing that god has ever had because the story that he has written for you it's going to have so many more wild and crazy turns ahead but some of the past was wild and crazy as well and that that is worth talking about yeah and that's it's very easy for uh christians believers whatever you want to call them to no one wants to talk about the crap that they've been through because it's embarrassing or they lose their sense of pride or whatever it could be and people view them differently but i can view people a lot more clearly when i know they understand where they fell short in their story they understand I was the biggest screw up I could have been, but God did this. And because he did that now, this is who I am. This is who I can be. And he is changing me every day. And it's, it's a truly beautiful thing to, 
be able to call that out in other people as well. So Yeah. And we definitely don't have to have our crap figured out, but just like knowing that we would be far from having our crap figured out if God didn't make do what he did in our life and just basically help us walk. So Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this has been a good reminder. The the question has definitely challenged me to I really struggle to look at my life in thanks and then also like see the growth too. Mm-hmm. And so like this definitely challenged me to to think. So it's good. Now you just gotta challenge your wife to do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. You think she will? To to the to the questions? Yeah. I think she will. Okay. I should have asked him right so that she doesn't think I'm like drilling into her. She's just like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Secretly recording for the podcast for me. That's all I ask. Really. I know most of her. I think I know most of her answers too. So I think someone else would have to question. I could be there. I could have microphones and everything. I think you'd have to be the person to question. Cause I could easily do that. Yeah. Well, sweet. Well, the way I end every podcast is with a high five. Sarah, you ready? Yeah. <laughs> that was all right. <laughs> Wasn't too bad. <laughs>